Father God, we thank you that you indeed give us living hope. It's not, it's, it, Jesus is not dead and buried. He's alive forevermore. And he said that so you too, the same power that raises Jesus from the dead is in you, is available and in you. We thank you for your living hope of life, not just in the future, which we're looking forward to, but we may know and taste here in the here and now as well. And so, Jesus, we want to live for your glory. Fill us afresh, set us on fire, renew us, refill, restore, heal, save, deliver, change, transform, we ask, so that we can be more like you and live for you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Yeah, so so, uh, on Friday we had our craft fair, which was absolutely amazing. And uh, Pastor Andrew has been sort of the mastermind behind that over the last years and uh, setting that up. And it it was absolutely fantastic. So we say thank you to everyone involved, everyone from our our church here who got involved and set up a a craft uh, stall as well. Um, It it, it was an an excellent evening, not only in raising sort of funds for our building fund, but also in linking with the community because probably 60% of those stalls were People outside our community, within the area, and some were, you know, small businesses in the area. So it was an opportunity to sort of link with community as well. So fantastic, and it's a great atmosphere. So bless you, and thank you for everyone involved, and our thanks to Andrew for his sort of expertise and set it up brilliantly. And um, the cafe area was 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 really fantastic as well. So uh, I want to um, just continue this morning, finish this morning a series that we've been looking at in James called Just Do It. And this morning is the very last message uh, in that. And uh, so uh, we're going to look at this together. And uh, so we're going to conclude this morning. I'm going to look at the area of prayer just for a few moments. And um, I need to uh, just get my glasses. See, it's that ripple of laughter that stopped me getting my glasses for... (laughs) For the last four or five years, but uh, I, have, I have to now, I have to. Um, yeah, so um, look, there was a, I came across a story. The storm was raging. It was, it was, you know, it was the great storm. And in this great storm, this, 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 this ship was, was on the waters and um, it looked grim. The captain realised that uh, they were taken in water and, uh, and then the word came that they were sinking, sinking fast. And uh, panic, you can imagine, panic was everywhere. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, women and children, boats, get in the lifeboats first. It, was, it had that sort of feel about it. It, it, was, it was, everybody was fraught and uh, really frightened. And so he called out, um, anyone here know how to pray? Anyone here know how to pray? One man stepped forward and he said, I, Captain. I've taken them off. I, Captain. I know how to pray. Good kid, said the captain. You pray while the rest of us put on our life jackets. There's only one left. There was only one left. Only one left. And so it fell on him to pray for his life. And uh, so this morning I want to speak about the priority of prayer. It's interesting that in this passage that we're going about to read, that James finishes his letter... And the last part of his letter is about prayer. That's not by chance. I believe that's by design. 
and the heart of God. Let's read it together just for a moment or two. James 5, verse 13 to 19, reads like this. I'm reading from the NIV. It's about the prayer of faith. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray to each other. So, pray for each other, rather, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should, should bring that person back. Um, left a little bit out there, but it's the area of prayer that I want to just concentrate on for um, a moment or two this morning. You know, we've been looking at a series, this series, uh, entitled Just Do It. Because um, James writes a letter, and we've been discovering this for a, a number of months. He says, he says, if you have faith, but you don't do anything about it, it's dead. Faith without works is dead. Uh, another translation, you know, says um, faith without action. It's not worth anything. And uh, so for James, it was very much, you believe, you need to do it. You need to practice it. And it's that that we've been looking at. And, you know, in our life groups, people have been saying it's really straightforward. James is very in your face. It, it, and it is. It's quite, a cha- it's quite challenging. And so last week we looked at um, pockets, the material side of life. Um, a, a, a time before that, it was about priorities. Today, we're going to look at prayer. And, um, yeah, James is very practical. For him, it is put it into practice. If you believe, do it. Practice it. Put it into practice. Absolutely true. But we can see from this that he ends his letter now that on the theme of prayer. And for James, he's not just practical. He's a very spiritual man as well. Some people, some people wanted to, historically wanted to put the, the letter of James aside Um, because they didn't feel it was very spiritual. But James is a very spiritual man because he now realizes and shares the final point of his letter is very telling. In actual, the final things that you write are are usually very personal things and and, um, a point that you're trying to make. And so in this letter, it's not by chance, it's by design and by the... James is revealing his heart, really. He ends with the theme of prayer because it all starts and ends in prayer for the Christian life. You see... um, Prayer gives energy to my activity. And James understood this, that um, prayer gives divine energy for my human activity. For James, it wasn't just do it, just get on with your life. You have faith, you've got to have works. It's either dead if if there's no works with, with your faith. For James, it's very spiritual as well as very practical. And so it's amazing that he ends his letter With this point, this is a big point for you and I, for life, the place of prayer. Now, this morning, my prayer is that it's not a case that we duck now and head for cover. Oh, my word, not another message on prayer. How bad am I? How much I don't do? What I've got to do? It's it's not going to be like that. And I don't believe James, we've been looking at this. He's practical. He's straightforward. And he says we've got to practice it. Otherwise, it's dead. 
but he was rooting for believers too. And uh, that's, what, that's the sort of atmosphere and attitude that we've taken throughout this. And so it's, it's that that we were going to conclude today. It's interesting that James, you know, historically we understand that uh, historians were say was a brother, one of the early leaders of the Jerusalem church and, and within the, you know, the brother of Jesus. Um, it's interesting that, that he's, he's ending this theme in prayer. And I, I think that, I mean, you, I can't say this for certain, but I suggest to you that ringing in his ears is what Jesus said in John 15, 15. Um, John 15, verse 5, rather, apart from me, you can do nothing. In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus said this, apart from me, you need to abide in me, stay in the vine, apart from me, you can do nothing. I think that, I think that James carried that. He listened to his brother. He listened to his Lord and Savior. And ringing in his ears. And so this is why he's ending this amazing letter, this very practical letter, and saying, you know, for all of our, yes, faith without deeds, unless you practice it, it's dead. But if you're going to practice it, we're going to need divine energy. It's not just in human energy. It's divine energy. The energy of the spirit, the energy of God, the heartbeat of God. And that's going to come through the place of prayer. And so it's that that we're going to just take a few moments to look at this morning. And... um, I think that James has something to say to us today. The 21st century church can learn something from the first century. Divine wisdom for our lives and hearts. And that's my prayer for you and for me today, is that maybe I can take something to heart. Not get beaten up and beat myself up, but take something to heart, be inspired, encouraged, so that we can live lives. Hey, Elise? Energized. Energized. Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, um, interesting. I read a book some years ago, um, a guy called Leonard Ravenhill. It's called Why Revival Tarries. I tell you, after I read it, I felt beaten up. But I, I, I recommend you read it to challenge you. I was beaten up, not in a bad way, but in a challenged way. It caused me to dig deep. And uh, he says this about prayer. It's just a little quote. Chapter 1. He kicks off and he says this. He says, The Cinderella of the church today is the prayer meeting. This handmaid of the Lord is unloved, unwooed, because she is not dripping with the pearls of intellectualism, nor glamorous with the silks of philosophy. Neither is she enchanting with the tiara of psychology. She wears the homespuns of sincerity and humility, and so is not afraid to kneel. And he then talks about the amazing place and the heart of a prayerful person and what can be achieved. It's a, it's a great book. It's a great book. It will turn you inside out, but it was a, one of the best things I read. At the time, it was a season that I needed to read that. And so I think there's something today. What he says is, you know, it's neglected. It's a neglected aspect of the Christian life, okay? And uh, so I want to just share um, three points on prayer from this little passage that we've just read, okay? Three points on prayer from this simple passage to encourage us. Um, Number one, yep, prayer is for life. Prayer is for life. Have a look at this. Uh, You might say, oh, duh. You've really revealed something today. Let's have a look at this together because I just wanted to tell myself this. It's for the whole totality of life. And it's not a special time. Uh, Mike Swinburne was uh, speaking... um, uh, last Sunday night on prayer and, and talking about prayer life. And he, he, he provoked us by saying, I don't have a prayer life. You're on the edge of your seat. 
getting ready to, oh, what's your, uh, he was being provoking, I think. Mike was being provoking. It's, it, prayer is life. And it's a good point he made. And that's absolutely true. And this is what James says, really. Let's have a look at this together. So this is the first point. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. It's not saying songs of praise on BBC. It's, it's talking about prayer and praise. Dynamic. And um, he's basically saying the same thing there when he talks about songs of praise. Um, you know, whether you're happy or sad, um, speak to God. Pray. It's not just when you're in trouble. It's not just when you're sad. When it's going great, keep talking. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep in contact. Keep in uh, interaction, in communication. It's interesting. In um, Philippians chapter 4, have a look at this. In Philippians chapter 4, um, verse, verse 6, it's on prayer and it says this. Um, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Will you repeat with me? I know I don't like this when somebody says it. Every situation. Yeah, we, I don't, we don't do that very often. We're not very liturgical, are we, in Pentecostal church? But it's good. I tell my soul, in every situation, Paul says, interestingly, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Every aspect of life, every aspect of my life. Um, I, I'd say this, if we're not interacting, you see, when we pray, with, you, you know, you've probably heard it said on many occasions, when we pray, we're interacting, we're talking, we're talking to God and we're listening to God. Just as you would interact with the person in your life, in your family, your husband or wife or your children, or your colleagues, your work, your manager, you know, people at church life, you come in today, we talk. You, you could sit on a chair and sit in the middle of the room and never talk to anyone, but you would, you'd feel a bit alone. You'd feel a bit bereft of life, wouldn't you, if you never talked to anybody? And the same in a marriage, in a home and a life. So you know and I know and we've heard that prayer is speaking and in listening and hearing. So, but I would say this, if we're not interacting, we're not relating. If you are not interacting, if I'm not interacting with my lovely Helen, my wife, and her with me, we're not relating. Same with God. If we're not interacting with the Holy Spirit, it's, it's, it's basic, isn't it? But it's a neglected part of my life because we think praying is a special thing that I have to do at a certain time, go to a certain place and say a certain thing, and I haven't got the words to say it. But it's no, it's, if it's back down to ground level, heart and value, is interacting. So I'm going to say this. If we're not interacting, we're not relating. And if we're not relating, we're in danger of religion. If you and I, who, and anyone that says I'm a Christian, if we're not interacting with God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, not talking and listening, for every aspect of life, thank you, Lord, just check mine switched off <laughs> if we're not then if we're not interacting i would say you're not relating and if we're not relating dare i say it we are in danger of religion we can pentecostal religion oh yeah oh yeah charismatic e-religion oh yeah doesn't have to be just baptist or or, or church of england religion we if we're not relating so it's so important let me just just say this um a man called ch spurgeon termed the prince of preachers a baptist minister 
man amazing, said this, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor vocal performance. It is deeper than that. It is spiritual transaction with the creator of the heaven and earth. How about that? It's a transaction. If I do a financial transaction with you, you'll be very happy because I'll be transferring some money into your account. I'll be even happy if you do a transaction back and transfer <laughs> some into mine. <laughs> and a, tra- a transaction. So, listen, so speaking and listening is this, it's a met with the creator of the universe. We need to restore, as Tim and the team led us this morning, restore the wonder of that beautiful transaction of love and heart. How about that this Christmas? Praying that we, you restore the wonder, Father God, that I would feel and know you as Father as I speak and listen to you. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, amazing, who took flesh and wants to be so close to me in my life, you want to hear and I want to hear you. Oh, wow. Let's restore that. Um, Billy Graham, in his own immutable style, he seemed to be able to boil Christian life down to some simple, straightforward words. They were so simple, they were sort of, everyone sort of took them in their stride. But this is what he had to say. Amazing man. He said, prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. What an amazing man. Simple stuff, but true. Prayer is simply a two-way conversation between us and God. How about that? Nothing, not a special place you know, with special words, and you have to be a special type of person. But God, as we come to him in repentance, wants to hear us. And he wants you and I to hear him, hear his heart. So um, the first thing there, prayer is for life. And I just want to tell my soul that. In, what a privilege, what a place. How amazing. Let's, let's restore the wonder. Let's restore the wonder. So uh, you, you notice... Uh, I don't bash on about, you should be at the prayer gathering, you should do this more, we do that more. I would just say, let's restore the wonder of speaking and hearing and listening to our God. And uh, in, our, in our Friday, we, we, so we do it in our own lives, your own life. In a, as a corporate group, Friday Fire is a prayer gathering, prophetic prayer gathering, where we worship and pray and we have no agenda. And they're brilliant. It's brilliant. God is here and speaking and, and, and it, it, join us. And you, you follow him. It's like breathing. If we stop, we, there's a danger we could suffocate. And if we stop praying, there's a danger that we suffocate our relationship. Oh, my word. I want to live in relationship with God. I want to live in relationship with his son, Jesus. I want to live in relationship with the wonderful Holy Spirit. How about that? We can and you can as we speak and listen. But we've got to listen to him as well. Give him time and space. Okay, second thing. Second point on um, prayer is, um, so it's for, it's for life. It is life. It's not just a prayer life. It is life. And Mike was absolutely right when he was talking that way the other day. Uh, second thing is prayer offered in faith. Look at this. It says there, 
So uh, although I might not be touching on the theme of healing today, I want to take up the theme of prayer. I'm not ducking the issue, but I just want to just take up the theme of prayer. For, so, but just look at this with me, just for a moment or two. Second point I want to make is this. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If any have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. So it's calling upon the elders there and it's the church praying for each other there in faith that we may be healed okay uh, and so what I want to pick up on there just that moment is the prayer offered in faith faith I don't know about you but faith for me has always been a bit of a conundrum as a word for this morning faith is proved for me a conundrum how much of it have I got to have am I little on faith am I big on faith you know, uh, uh, does God give me the faith? Is it down to faith or is it down to God? Is it down to me or others or praying for For me, it's, it's probably all of that. And that's the conundrum. It's the whole lot is in the mix there somewhere. Don't let anyone tell you they, they, it's this or it's exactly that. Because they can't. Uh, but we can know that God is good. And the prayer of it in faith make the sick person well. So, um, but for me, I'm a simple type of person. Uh, lots of people tell me that I am that way anyway. And uh, faith is, for me, is active trust. Faith is literally active trust. That's faith. So prayer with active trust in God. So the faith is in God. Faith in Jesus Christ. Not faith in myself. Not faith in faith. Not faith in another teaching. Not faith in another person. But faith in God. In the name of Jesus. So it's in Jesus. When we're saying in the name of Jesus, amen. We're saying we believe in you, Jesus. We're actively trusting in you and your power, resurrection power. And so it literally means to have faith there means to have active trust. Now, I'm encouraged because Jesus said this. If you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. I don't know about you, but I sometimes often find myself in a mustard seed situation in life. Maybe you've got so much, you know, you've got piles of the stuff. But for me, often or not, I'll be worried about such and such. And, and I, this verse for me has been the best thing ever. I think Jesus knew that there'd be a conundrum in our hearts. And so he said this, if you've got faith, the grain of a mustard seed, now a mustard seed is like a little speck of dust in your hand. A mustard seed, a whole bunch of mustard seed, like, you know, hundreds if not thousands of mustard seeds would, would, would be, you, know, you could see it, some dust in your hand. But a little speck, one, one, you can move mountains. I'm amazed that mounting moving faith is one speck of mustard seed. And now there are times when I have a lot more than that. But this active trust in God. Don't beat yourself up today if you say, oh, faith. And then our shoulders slump and my head goes down. I've heard it all before. I can't, how do I do it? Even a mustard seed speck can move mountains, said Jesus. I think if Jesus said it, it's, it's got to be true. If I'd said it, you could maybe not trust it. But if he says it, it's got to be true. So, come on. We can move, mountain move in faith is a mustard seed. Don't, don't, so don't duck the issue. Don't beat yourself up. Don't hide and run for cover. We don't have to. There'll be times when I feel so much more and I'm on, oh, I'm on top of the world. and I can. But in those moments when the doctor gives you really bad news, a mustard seed can still move a mountain. Hey, amazing. Come on. It's amazing, isn't it? For me, I, don't, I, 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 I am not a positive person in life. But I'm positive 
in faith, in seeing what the Lord has to say about me. I want to take what Jesus has to say about me. I want to take on life what Jesus has to say about this world. Not what other people say about me. Uh, Yeah, so it's good. God is good. So, you know, it's good. Mustard seed of faith will move mountains. I'm also like this guy. It was a dad and his son was ill. I don't know if you've got a, your parent, your child, is, and he was really ill, throwing himself into the fire. And Jesus said, you know, if you believe, uh, he can be healed. And he said, I believe, help me in my unbelief. It's Mark chapter 9, verse 23 to 25. You might be aware of a story where Jesus is coming and the dad comes and says, look, your disciples haven't been able to achieve. Uh, what can we do? He said, well, you know, believe. He said, I believe, help me. Sometimes I find myself, I've got a little mustard seed. Other times I believe but I have to confess, help me. Because I believe, but I don't. But I do, but I, well, I don't. And I feel bad that I don't, because I should, because it's you. And I do, but I don't. And it's that side, come on, let's be honest, let's be real about it. Let's be real. You do get exhausted, Sandra, you're right. And we're tired. And you've prayed about something for such a long time. And you feel you're beaten up by it. And this is, it. how about this though? Look at this though. But he said, help me. In my unbelief. And what happened? The son is healed. Mustard seed in those tired moments of life. Hey, faith. Faith. Active trust. So don't back off and don't beat yourself up. That's what I want to say to you today. Don't allow yourself to be beaten up. Don't beat yourself up. And don't back off and say, oh, it's too much. Come on. Mustard seed. Actively trust. Let's as a church, let's as a life, as a family, as your, get some friends around you to actively trust with you in Jesus on your behalf as well so that we can see mountains moved. Mountains moved. Mountains moved. Um, put that mustard seed into action, church, shall we? This Christmas, this year, let's put that mustard seed into action. You plant a seed and it grows. The kingdom of God It's like that mustard seed that grows into a mighty tree. What seems to be small, non-consequential, can do incredible things. Yeah, so this morning, be encouraged. What I want to say to you is, if you're like me, I'm encouraged by uh, this faith. Actively trust, even if you don't beat yourself up. Third thing, and final point, look at this. We're whizzing along marvelously, aren't we? Prayer of a righteous. Look at this. It says here, uh, verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, The word there, righteous, means to be in right standing. Right standing in our relationship with God. When termed with God, in relationship to God, basically, literally, simply, the most simplest way I could describe it is to be in right, right standing, right relationship. So that would mean in our lives, anything that is not of God needs to be given to him and put right, doesn't it? To be in right standing. Now, I, uh, right standing, well, look, uh, my understanding right the way through the Old Testament, so I'm doing a chronological reading of the Bible this this year. And as I've got to uh, 1 and 2 Samuel and 1 and 2 Kings, I see the Israelite nation 
And there is this, there's this rise and fall. They're in right standing and the nation's going well and God is blessing. And, and then they, people begin to disobey God, follow other gods, listen, stop listening to the voice of God, doing their own thing. And the nation's standing goes down and other people invade them. Then they get cry out to God and say, we return to God. We love you. We're going to follow you. They begin to hear God again. And the nation is blessed and they're in God's palm. And, then, and there's this... And that's a bit like my life and your life. In life, we get these moments where we're all for God and we're following him. And, uh, but then the distractions of life come and the busyness of life comes and, and uh, some material things become our gods and my leisure time and my, and my pleasure time becomes more my time and it takes over my life. And, and so I'm not hearing God. And so, you know, our right standing, our righteousness, let's not be all too spiritual about it, is, is based on our hearing and obeying and, and being our hearts in, in the right place with God. It's through Jesus Christ. It comes through repentance and believing and trusting him, uh, uh, firstly and primarily. And then to keep, continue walking in him, this is the way the Lord walk in it, it's hearing and obeying. So, so we need to be in a place where we're hearing God. This is why James talks about prayer. See, right standing is so important. You see there, he says, it says the, the prayer of a righteous person, look at this. It says, is powerful and effective. I think the message says, something to be reckoned with. How about that? The paraphrase, the message says, something to be reckoned with. I don't know about you, I want to be part of a church that's something to be reckoned with in the nations. With, because with God, all things are possible. And, and this is what James is getting at. He says, with, when we're in right standing and we're talking and listening to God, powerful and effective things happen. There's a lot of talk about, I hear so much talk about revival, which is great and it's good and rightly so. But if you're in right standing, our hearts. So, so, it's, so it's so important to live a righteous life, to be right with God, in other words, to be right with God. Not, not, not based on how you dress and how politely you speak and whether you carry a Bible and you come to church and we pray, but the heart with the heart of God. That's what it's about, isn't it? And um, so the first thing, I, so if I'm going to live righteously, I, there's three, three simple things. Hear. I need to hear God. So I need to get my life. Might need, I need to maybe need to repent. Say, so forgive me, Lord. I've been far from you. I need you. I give my life to you. And, and, and start to hear God. So when we pray, we're listening as well as speaking throughout the whole of life. And, and then when we begin to hear him, the second thing is to obey him. I meet so many Christians and, and, and we'll talk about this and talk about that and I'll say, well, what does the Bible say? And we'll look at it and people get a bit upset with me and, and I'm a little bit unhappy about something. Well, I, I'm not telling you what's God saying. Jesus said, if you hear and you obey, then you build your life on solid ground, a rock. But if you hear and you don't do anything about it, you can build, but it'd be like on sand. It'll look good for a while, and then it's on sand. And when the storm comes, it will go away. Be wrecked. That's for you and me. And so I know it's very simplistic and simple, but it's the fact. Hear God for my life in the daily interaction, of speaking to him, hearing him, reading his word, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But then second thing is to obey him. We live in a world that, of rights and privileges, but that we also have responsibility and it's that that I would say has been left out of the age in which we live, which is now dangerous for us. And so we're called to obey him. 
But obedience is better than sacrifice. Oh, my word. I've tried to wrestle with that in these last few years. What does that mean? Obedience, God says, is better than sacrifice. Wow. And then thirdly, persevere. Passionate, persistent perseverance is how I'm going to live in right standing with God. Um, I am, I wax and I wane at times, but I persevere. My life is to continue to follow. Jesus said, follow me. And I'm persevering in that, persisting. But I want to do it with passion. Not just, you know, and being dragged along. But I, I passionately, I, I, my, my life, my heart. So when I speak of perseverance, so, so how am I going to live in right standing? Well, I might need to repent. I need to get myself in the right place. I need some things to release from my life that may be taken. And, and you know, I'm, I, we have gods today. We have other gods. That, you know, uh, there are things that we're following that, that take up my life. And they can be almost like idols if we're not careful. And so I hear him obey and persevere. And then he says this. The prayer of that person, the person that is in right place with heart with me, that's powerful and effective. Hey, isn't that amazing? Powerful and effective. Moves mountains. I don't know about you, but I believe the church is uh, God's hope for this world. Not just our, every, all believers. And uh, when we share with a friend, it can be powerful and effective. But if you're in the right, right heart with God, are you? Are you? Really? I have to say that about myself. This morning, today, this moment. Then he says this, and with this we conclude. He then gives an example uh, just to encourage you. You see, James is an encourager. He's in your face and he's straightforward. I agree with that. But he's an encourager. Look at the, what he says at the very end. He says, just, just to encourage us because you think, what a tall order. The whole of life, praying in faith, living in righteousness. Oh, my word. Oh, that's just too much to cope with. And then he says this. Look at this. He, he quotes, he says this. He says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. In another translation, is a man, just like you and me. He prayed earnestly that there would not be rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Um, if you read um, 1 Kings You'll see the story of Elijah. Uh, James is referring to this man, Elijah. He was a great prophet. In fact, Elijah was really uh, held with great reverence. The Jews at the time that would have been, Jewish people at the time that would have heard or read this letter, would have, that name Elijah had a a, a lot of history to it for them. You and I would maybe think of him as a a, a great prophet. But they they thought not only of Elijah as a great prophet, but almost like like another coming Messiah. When Jesus was coming, is, is he like the Elijah to come? Elijah was an amazing and incredible prophet whom the Jewish people uh, in history revered with great, they held him with like real high esteem, okay? So when um, James is saying, well, Elijah's just like you and me. He's flesh and blood. He's made of clay, man and woman. The, the, the foibles that you have, Elijah had. This was quite shocking. But it was also encouraging. Because in, in the account of Elijah, in 1 Kings 19, verse 4, um, Elijah, this amazing prophet who did incredible miracles and really walked one-on-one with God and was taken, didn't die, but was taken up to be with God. One of the, the one, only one, one of the only ones like this, apart from maybe, is it Methuselah or something like that? Um, 
But uh, in 1 Kings 19 verse 4, uh, Elijah gets to a point where he's so depressed. He has this great battle, this great victory, calls down fire. Then uh, Queen Jezebel, Ahab's wife, says, I'm going to kill you. You're gonna, you're done. He was so exhausted from what is, uh, and everything. He becomes so, I would say he was like depressed and exhausted. He sits down, ready to die, and says to God, it's enough now, Lord, take my life. Elijah prays to die. And it's interesting, and James is absolutely right. This amazing person, Elijah, who everybody held up on a pedestal, this incredible coming like Messiah, was just like you and me. Be encouraged this morning. You know, we're only made of clay, and there will be moments in our lives where we stumble and fall, but don't give up. Be encouraged. And he uses Elijah as an encouragement. This amazing mountain mover was just like you and me. He doubted. In fact, he doubted so much, he wanted life to end. But God didn't grant him that. God spoke to him in a gentle whisper and revealed himself in a fresh way. Maybe you and I need this morning God to speak to us in a fresh way. Oh, my prayer is that this December, fresh wonder, new wonder. God, speak to me in the wonder of your love this Christmas. Come on, let's pray. Come on, come on, church, let's pray. The worship team are going to come as we pray together and we're going to conclude this morning uh, and encourage ourselves in God this Christmas season, uh, this year. Let's pray. Prayers for life, offered in faith, in right standing with him. And then it's powerful, powerful, powerful. Heavenly Father, see our hearts and lives this morning. You know, we would confess there'd be moments in our lives where we've prayed and nothing's happened. Maybe we've got disillusioned. Maybe, maybe, maybe we find it, 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 the energy. Maybe we've had our long, long, long time in coming answers. I don't know. Maybe we've had um, hopes and disappointments and uh, we find this whole area an area that, a bit of a challenge. I think we could all say that. So, but this morning we come with fresh heart and fresh hope and ask you to fill not only my mind, but our heart with this hope that we have in you. You're the living God and you answer by fire. You're alive today. And so as we come and we talk to you, we also want to hear you. It's as simple as that. That's what prayer is. May you restore wonder. Maybe for some of us, give us wonder. For some of us this morning, we come to you and we say, we repent. I am sorry, Father God, that I'm living my life without you. I'm following other things. I'm letting stuff crowd me. I'm letting the opinion of others affect me. Hurts. I'm annoyed about stuff. Oh, Father God, forgive. Forgive. I want to follow you. Give my life and heart to you afresh this morning. Jesus, forgive. Now would you fill us with hope, wonder, amazing wonder of lives changed, of the God who answers, that you want to talk to me, that you want to talk to me, to me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, arise, Holy Spirit. Arise, Father God. Arise, Jesus. Healing in your wings. Fill our hearts anew. Encourage those that are broken and bruised. Those that feel like giving up. Come and amaze us. Bowl us over with the miracle of your love. 
fresh enthusiasm, new passion, life forevermore. In the name of Jesus, we pray so that we can live for your glory and tell the world that Jesus lives. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.